a Lifetime Original Podcast. So, Naomi, this is very unprofessional of me, but I am hungry. And so I was going to place a lunch order while we were recording this. So I texted CJ to see if he wanted anything. And instead of saying, I'm going to order Mendocino Farms, I texted, I'm going to murder Mendocino Farms. <laughs> <laughs> I love a Lifetime movie. Papa, can you hear me? Are you allowed to print pictures in jail? This man is not normal enough to not be the child of a serial killer. Oh, the worst thing that ever happened to me? Yeah, I'll stay here. I'll move right next door. You so obviously crazy. I don't know how you've even made it to the age of 25. You don't need to talk to women when the sun is down. When the sun is down, your lips need to be closed. I'm going to blind him with boobies. <laughs> I still don't believe you. I'm telling you the truth. Because I know the danger I'm in, I know the danger my daughter's in, and I want it to stop. I want you away from her now. And if I do, then tomorrow night? Whatever you want. 9 p.m. I'll be alone. If you run, you'll know where to find us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am Megan Gailey joined almost always by my fearless leader, my North Star, who I got to see in person this week, Naomi Ekparrigan. I mean, you know, when Meg and I come together, you guys, it's just laughs. It's laughs. It's good times. It's getting a free glass of wine. And that is Mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. true friendship is. You got Megan is out here literally one of the most the busiest, most prolific person I know. And she still finds time to eat a little steak with a friend. And that's beautiful. Oh, it was so good. I was, Naomi and I went to dinner, our favorite place, and had our favorite waiter, who I think we're, (laughs) I think you're one of his favorites. And if I'm with you, I'm one of his favorites too. I did walk in on (laughs) a man finishing going pee right after I saw a woman that I thought was my friend who is dead. You know, so there were lifetime-esque things happening. <laughs> but Naomi and I both got leftovers. Myself a steak. Naomi a delicious ragu. And I voice memoed her and I go, Naomi, I've been eating the cold steak out of my fridge. Just standing at my fridge, eating it with my fingers. And Naomi, what did you tell me back? I told you, well, I ate my ragu at 11 a.m. <laughs> in the morning. I had that for breakfast. And this is, this is why this podcast is as beautiful as it is. Because, you know, in some ways, they talk about women's cycles linking up. But I think Mm -hmm. it's even more extraordinary when women's uh, leftover eating habits link up. (laughs) (laughs) I really do think that in a way, you know, this movie today, it's not at the forefront, but I think it's certainly... I think it is a grounding force. It is the friendship between a white woman going through so much and a black woman who is wearing the wrong clothes for the space (laughs) she's in. And if that's not us, I mean, I don't know who is. I don't know who is Megan. Oh my gosh. Also the black woman being like, what? You need to get the black. uh, Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Today's (laughs) film, this title, a doozy of its own, Sex, Lies, and Murder As a teen, Maggie is the sole survivor of a notorious serial killer. She manages to turn her tragedy into triumph, becoming a professor and author. After a night of drinking, she sleeps with a handsome fan named Kyle, who of course isn't who he says he is. And now it seems their passionate night could lead to a deadly end. We love it. We love it. And you know what? Without further ado, there's a lot to unpack here. We got to get into it. (laughs) 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Now, we start out, Henny. Our opening credits are over images of a farmhouse that is clearly doubling as a murderer's lair. Okay, this is how I feel about all farmhouses, all places in the woods. Anytime your nearest neighbor is a drive away, Mm -hmm. you're murdering. You're murdering. That's just a fact. It is so scary to me to be in the middle of nowhere. Like, and I know that, I know a lot of people love it. I find myself paranoid and like, well, how do we, and the thing is, even in this farmhouse, they're like cutting to different, we're seeing them as weapons. They could also just be farm tools. Yes. Yes. Well, that's the, that's the danger of farming, right? Is that these farm tools are all weapons. Yes. So we see a young, a young girl, a a teen, and she is hogtied on a mattress in a barn. And this is already, I'm like, I am peak, I'm 10 out of 10 terrified right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then a very creepy man comes in and says, Ah, you're awake. That's good. It's better when they're awake. No! Nope. I was like, Nope, so nope. I don't like it. I so, don't like so, it. So scary. I mean, this is giving me in cold blood. Mm-hmm. It, it's just really so, 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 so unsettling. Young girl. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. I, I would rather her be asleep. I would rather her be knocked out. Well, exactly. I mean, to be, first of all, I, literally, I'm like, wait a minute. Am I accidentally watching an episode of Criminal Minds? Because it's yeah. very Criminal Minds. But also, you know, usually with Lifetime, we start on the person kind of already did. You know what I mean? And I realize that's almost a little bit easier to swallow. It's easier for me to swallow just like a body than to watch somebody. How they got killed. No, I, I'm right. I'm with you there. But then listen, though, this movie does take a, this takes a turn. I mean, immediately, right? We're only 60 seconds in. There's already a turn because he's like holding a hammer and it seems like he's about to hit her when his phone rings. OK, so this like barn layer is wired. It's- OK, it's got a, its own phone line even have my own phone line when I was in high school and and we're in this throwback barn. It looks like it's the 70s. Like it looks from time gone by. And I'm like, I can't even believe anywhere on this property has a phone. I know. I know. But he like literally stops. And this is what I, I mean, I did think it was funny initially because like if I was in the middle of murdering, I don't think I would stop to answer the phone. No. Like if you really driven and you're a psycho and you got to get your murder on, I think you let it keep ringing. But not this guy. He stops. He immediately gets mad at whoever calls him. He's like, this is my private time. I know he calls it his private time. And it's like, okay, I would be imagining you're making some sort of pirate ship when they put it in like a bottle. (laughs) But his is murdering. That's his hobby. But it's like, why didn't you take the phone off the hook? Also, aren't you afraid that like she could get up and use the phone? Like the phone just seems like a liability on all fronts. But no, he answers it. And then he starts having a conversation, which I can only assume is with his wife, who is taking care of an infant because he's like, yeah, that's what babies do. They cry. What? I'm working. This is my private time. Is it so difficult for you to give me a moment alone? No, we've talked about this. 
babies cry. And I'm like, oh my God, this is this is hitting close to home right now. <laughs> I mean, thank God CJ doesn't have his own separate layer off the uh, property, Megan, because who knows what he could get into. Well, he does. He has that, you know, he has a storage unit down the hill that I call our fourth oh, bedroom. Oh God, no. No, no, a yes. storage unit? Yes. Down a hill? You yes. better be you better do random sweeps. You better do random sweeps. Well, and the thing is he he he'll get nervous. Like if I'm like, I want to go to the storage unit, he'll start to get afraid because the random sweeps, they're not gonna <laughs> discover a body, but they are gonna discover about 17 pairs of LeBrons that he's not supposed to have. <laughs> <sighs> I believe it. I fully believe it. I don't Okay, side, no, I have a sidebar, but we'll have to answer that later because I do have a lot more questions about CJ to spending. But anyway, <laughs> now while the guy is on the phone basically being like, handle the baby, because Maggie gets free of her bindings and takes off. Now, this is beautiful. I wrote yeah. in all caps, yes, we love this. A you know, a woman escaping, someone actually managing to avoid death. That's huge. We don't get that. Not in the beginning, you know? Right. And then we cut to Maggie, this teen girl, in the present day, giving a lecture on her experience back then. And we learned that she was 15 when this happened. Isn't being a 15-year-old girl hard enough? I mean, I mean. And, but not only did she manage to survive, she went on to get a PhD in clinical forensic psychology. Wow. She also wrote a book, all right, all about her experience. And the guy, the serial killer, was known as the East Bay Butcher. The East Bay Butcher. And he killed like 17 people or she was going to be number 17. The point is he had a high body count. And so she's the person who put him away. Yeah. And you're like, okay, the ultimate survivor. And this is pl she's played by Lindsay Hartley, a lifetime queen who we adore. And she is, as I was watching this movie, I was like, I think Lindsay Hartley might be my number one. I just like adore her. I find her hair to be so gorgeous. And I think she's a really great actress. Like she really makes me, I, I'm with her, you know, like I am with Maggie. I am feeling, and she's got that like badassness mm -hmm. to her. Now, okay. So as we described this barn in rural America, doesn't East Bay butcher sound like San Francisco to you? <laughs> no, to me, you know what's funny? Because I think of the Midwest because I think of like Green Bay, like Green Bay Packers or something. So then I think of East Bay, like the Bay in the middle. I don't know what they're doing in the middle there. And I think that's where all the farmhouses are for murdering. Okay. It looked like Kansas. And so I'm like, what is the Bay? Well, what about the Green Bay Packers, Megan? You know sports. I think Green Bay, yeah, well, Minnesota and Wisconsin, aren't they like the land of 10,000 lakes or something? And 10,000 murderers. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've all seen Making a Murderer, Manitowoc. You know where, have I told you this on the podcast before? Manitowoc, where Making a Murderer was, I used to go and do stand-up there the first night of hunting season for all the women who were left <laughs> in town. No, no. And I would stay in like a rural hotel cabin in Manitowoc. I was on the cover of the newspaper there. Okay, wait a minute. I need to know how this happened. How did they get you from Chicago? Yeah. I need to know how this audience took to you. Okay, so it was like somebody from Chicago had some sort of Manitowoc connection, some sort of booker, <laughs> you know, Midwest booker. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. would they would bus up myself and like two other gals. And this crowd, it was truly one of the most fun shows because these women, they've their husbands have gone hunting and they're in town. It's freezing and they're boozed up. They're having a great time. 
the show was so fun, and I had the best steak sandwich of my life in Manitowoc, <laughs> Wisconsin. It was so good. I remember it was like the bread was garlic bread instead of regular oh, bread. Oh, that's so good. good. <laughs> okay, you know, remember when we were trying to come up with our own Lifetime movies and then pitching it to people in charge, and so far nothing's come of it? <laughs> One of our ideas was us, you know, like a stand-up comedian kind of murder. Yeah. This, to me, is it. The setting yeah. is three lady stand-ups go perform in an uninhabitable land, okay? And bodies start dropping. During hunting season. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it's on us. It's on us. And then the, and I think what can be really funny about that is this idea of like all the men are gone. Yeah. And you think with men gone, you'd be safe. You think you'd uh. be safe. And then it's like finding out something. It's like, was it a male child? Was is there a man who secretly stayed behind? Yeah. Was it someone elderly? It has to be a man in the end. This is lifetime. Right. We don't want woman on woman violence. That's no. not the brand that we are, no. you know, putting our names no. on. I do remember, so we were staying in this like cabin hotel that was felt woodsy. And they were like, oh yeah, it was winter. But they were like, don't go out on your balcony because, you know, you could get shot. Okay, this is it. This is it. Hunting, I've never been more terrified. Season. Like hunting season, they make it seem like there's just stray bullets. <laughs> like, this is the thing everyone wants to be like Chirac, Chicago, and it's like I was af- I was afraid in Manitowoc. I said, "Give me back to Chirac." <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys, we will resume our discussion of the motion picture. And look, we've already talked about how Maggie's the ultimate survivor, but you know what she can't survive? A trampling ass husband. Because yep. we see her, she's in a therapy session with her ex-husband well they're separated his name is Richard and we find out here Richard slept with a student at the university where they both teach and Maggie out of the goodness of her heart she has not told anyone including their daughter who's a college student but he basically she's like I don't want to ruin your reputation I don't want to make it so that we all have to move right he's probably up for tenure so it's like financially you've screwed us thank you and I'm like And the thing about him, you know, he's a classic, you know, handsome lifetime husband. But when I tell you I've never met a man with, like, less ability to win you over. Wow. She says, why'd you do it? He can't explain it. He just kind of sits there with, like, vaguely red eyes. Like, he's kind of sad. I felt like kick, fully divorce him. Yeah. Kick him to the curb. Pull an Angela Bassett. Set his car on fire. I do think this ends up happening with, for like really hot men sometimes. Cause like he is hot. I just, I'm like on his IMDb mm-hmm. right now and I, Brooks <laughs> Ryan, hello, let me know what's going on. I, there's nothing I can do about it, but let me know <laughs> that like sometimes, you know, really hot men, they just don't have skills. Like they have no, they're like lacking of charm. They're not. Yeah. No interpersonal. They haven't had to be. They didn't. Yeah. It was just yeah. like, hey. And then people are like, OK, that'll do. And so they end up sometimes being void of social skills and charm and a mm-hmm. certain je ne sais quoi because they did not need it. And Richard has that. Now, Richard and Maggie, I, I'm going to go on record. They're too hot to, to teach at a college like that. We have <laughs> we have college professors that look like. Muppet babies that are able to sleep with students. And you're going to tell me you're going to put this hunk in a blazer and walk him into a classroom with 20 year old girls. You're asking for trouble. That's what I'm saying. That's the beauty of Lifetime. All professors are hot. Okay. I'm going to make that a rule of Lifetime. All professors are hot. Anytime we go into a university, we're talking catalog models. Yes. (laughs) It's like, like, what? Yeah, it's like they all were like, yeah, so I did runway for a bit in New York. And then I just, I caught the teaching bug. 
And it's like, no, that's not what? That's not what happened. You're an influencer now. You're not a professor. Leave professorial space for people with bad faces. Okay. Okay. So Maggie's house is huge. I love it. Maggie has a black friend, Alyssa, who checks in on her over the phone. And Alyssa and Naomi. Why didn't I book it? I know. Why didn't I book it? I could have done it. I could have done it. Okay. And I just feel like I've been out here. Mm -hmm. Megan, I have an IMDb. Why doesn't Lifetime call me? I don't know. Why don't they call me? I've got I've got four business days to spare to shoot an entire motion picture. Right. And you and Alyssa have sort of similar friend energy of like, screw Richard. We need to get you out of this funk. We are going to go to the biker bar in town. Like for this being a, a, a town that has a college, the bar is giving me Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But then my favorite part, too, is that Alyssa is at the bar in a silver sequin top. Okay? And I said, you know, my rule, sequins are for New Year's Eve only. And But also, like, this bar. Because it's literally just sons of anarchy. Everybody is in, like, beige, neutral. Like, it's not a bar where you should turn up. No. And Alyssa has turned up. Okay, she's turned up, Penny. Right. The only way you would wind up in sequins there is if you are part of like a bachelorette party and you're on a sprinter van and everywhere else is closed and you guys roll in there and like the music <laughs> stops and a and a pool cue gets snapped in half. Like it is such a, I see this bar and I'm like, it made me homesick for Indiana. Like I was like, God, I would love to go to this bar where like people, someone texted me last week and they were like, I was just at a bar in Indiana and people were smoking. And I'm like, yeah, it's lawless. Like they don't care. <laughs> that's not, that's going to be the least of your problems. I'm surprised a dog wasn't the chef. Like, they don't care. <laughs> but the thing uh, is this bar, they look around this bar and I mean, it is sons of anarchy. There are no options. No. Okay. The pickets are slim. And then Alyssa points out a guy she went out with the week before. And what I'd tell you is, I mean, He's got a handlebar mustache. He's giving flannel yeah. and greasy hair. I said, Alyssa, move out of this town. Like, I get, you know, this, this is a problem with professors, right? You got to go where the gig is. Yeah. So you go to towns where it's like, oh, this is not what I would choose for myself. But then here's the thing. Alyssa, she's like, oh, my God, he was so creepy. He had, he's 40 with roommates, so he whatever. And then he comes over and... She tells him it's her birthday and leaves to do shots with him. So I said, Alyssa, honey, <laughs> you have yourself to blame. I you know. don't make smart choices. I know, Alyssa. I think she's just like, she's seen what's coming up on the dating apps. And she's like, well, <laughs> I, I guarantee that man does stand up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when she was describing him, I was like, oh, he's an open mic car. Okay. So now Maggie, just hot and gorgeous, is sitting alone at the Sons of Anarchy bar. And a a hunk like uh, uh, but not my type of funk like sort of giving superman like very kind of cw yes cw mysterious too like uh, great hair heavy brow like traditionally handsome but has a secret but like also i'm gonna say i found him to be awkward i found him to not be charming like he was just stiff in the way he communicated so just take a listen this is gonna sound like a line but have we met yeah that definitely sounds like a line (laughs) especially because i was trying to think of a line when i realized that i think i know you i'm kyle maggie 
Buy you a drink, Maggie? How old are you? Isn't that considered a rude question? Uh, not if I'm asking because you seem entirely too young for me. I'm old enough to buy you a drink. I haven't really considered where our relationship will go from there, but I'm happy that you're thinking long-term about this thing. I'm 25. Mm. We're drinking margaritas, right? Yes. Be right back. I just, I just, I just don't. I just, he's not doing it for me. He's also 25 years old, which means between her having a teenage daughter and having had time to get a doctorate, she's got to be at least 20 years older than him. And again, you can get your younger man. That's not my problem. He's not suave. He's not it for me in terms of like, if we're going to go younger, let's at least get somebody who's like fun. Yeah. Like, you know, Maggie needs fun. Maggie needs charm. Maggie needs to be swept off her feet. Right. Now she's just getting a younger version of Richard. But in her yes. defense, we have seen the options and they are so bleak <laughs> that I think you make it work with this man just for a one night stand. You know, she's like, yeah, all right. Right. So his vibe is off. Like, and yeah, and yeah, and from I, the beginning, she's vulnerable. And so that is why his no charm self is able to like even pull her at all. Except, wait, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt you, but this is the thing I don't like. Look, we it's already a short movie in the world of Lifetime. I don't like when the vibe is off from the jump because this is one of my things with Psycho Stripper. When you seem <laughs> crazy from moment one, yeah, I can't buy in, I can't buy in, and we're already buying into a lot that like. I need you to have some sort of game. But I guess what you're saying is maybe what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be look around this bar. There's no one else attractive. She has to go home with him. My husband cheated on me with a student. My friend is out here in sequence going home with a man who probably has five minutes on, you know, 9-11. Like, I have, to, <laughs> I have to make this situation happy. She's vulnerable. Naomi, are yeah. you telling me that you've never hooked up? With a full-blown psycho when you were in a vulnerable place? <laughs> you mean my entire 20s? Absolutely. Yeah. So, like... Absolutely. <laughs> I'm. We're going to have to TBT a picture of you from your 20s so you can understand the situation Maggie's in. Because it's like, I've definitely had some questionable choices <laughs> and my husband did not leave me. <laughs> okay, so Kyle is like, wait, I know you from somewhere. <sighs> Which is like mm. also a red flag. And yeah, and she's like, Yeah, I have a book. And I love this. This happens in every book I read. And you know, that's a lot. <laughs> Authors are always famous in in, <laughs> in fiction. And it's like no author is famous. I think I could <laughs> I could recognize Roxanne Gay. And then any other <laughs> author, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> Stephen King. Right, but he's maybe. like, I know you. I know you from your book jacket. What? And she's like, oh, okay. Okay. And he wants to know about the serial killer, Ugh. you know, the East Bay butcher that she survived. And it's just like, and she, and I do, and I think this is what's also fun about Lindsay Hartley. She tends to play smart characters yes. or at least natural. Yeah. So she's like, why would I talk to you about that? Right. Like she's literally just right. like, are you trying to flirt or are you not? Because this is not it. Yeah. She's never, she's never duped. She's just hard up in this situation. And yeah. then fucking Alyssa is like, yeah, do it. <laughs> it's like, Alyssa. <laughs> We got to get Alyssa's vision checked. Okay. <laughs> then she looks over and a woman is like drinking a martini and staring at her. This like young hot yeah. blonde. And she yeah. runs out of the bar and Kyle goes after her. And she's like, that's the woman that my husband cheated with. And the way that 
this girl is looking at her, it's like, you're a psycho. I know. It was insane. Well, especially because also we find out that apparently this woman, her name is Sarah Ellett, the woman that the husband cheated with. Now, a student, she regularly follows Maggie around and calls her house. Nope. What the hell? You already done some untoward shit. Could you keep a low pro? Keep a low profile. You can't be out here. You've already slept with the husband, a professor at the school where you're a student. Why are you trying to do more? Why are you trying to do more? Well, I'm sure she wants Richard to leave Maggie. And I bet Richard has been like, yeah, I'll leave her. But it's like, Richard, why? It's a, you should not even be allowed to be in couples therapy. Like if you, if, if you cheat and then the woman you cheat with is stalking your wife, that's a wrap. Like, right. <laughs> uh, give me the house, give me the cars, exactly. get out of exactly. town now. Exactly, exactly. Uh, that was my thing. I'm like, the moment you find that out, it's like, bye. the moment you find out she's doing it, it's like, okay, Richard, you have no leg to stand on here. You need to get out. Yeah, that's your girl now. You go be with Psycho Barbie. Have fun. And so when Kyle comes out after Maggie, she's like crying because of course it's like very upsetting and she's being terrorized, okay? And then she's just like, I want you to kiss me. And we all know that men love kissing a crying woman in Lifetime. I know. Okay, there's nothing a man wants more. And so then this kiss outside leads to them hooking up in Kyle's hotel room. He's got a hotel, okay? He says he's looking into buying a property. I was like, okay. And after they have sex, he asks her. Immediately. Immediately, okay? About the East Bay Butcher. What was he like? Who? East Bay Butcher. Cordell Ray Colton? I don't... I don't want to talk about that right now. Why not? You wrote a book about it. And I always felt you left stuff out of it. Who wants to talk about being almost murdered right after having sex? That's a no-fly forever. Like, there's no good time. Like, I was like, oh, he's crazy. And we see he has Maggie's book on his desk in the hotel. So it's like, oh, okay. So you targeted her. You came after her. And it... Maggie's immediately like, oh, you're creepy. You're a fan. She's like getting dressed. She's like, I'm getting out of here. And then, Megan, it gets worse. Because what else does he reveal? That he's in her criminal psych class. Y'all. I mean. But I do love that. I I love when a Lifetime queen behaves normally with a psycho. Like, she's like, (laughs) you're crazy. And I'm out of here. And like, is probably immediately calling Alyssa, like, I'm going to kill you. So (laughs) it is, it is so refreshing to behave the way that we think we would behave. Who knows if I would? I'd be like, does this hotel have room service? What's the situation? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Okay. So Naomi, tell us your theory. So the moment this happens, you know, someone acts so insane and he's really like, obviously focused on her and targeting her in this moment which is probably 20 minutes in. My theory is that he is the baby the East Bay Butcher was talking on the phone about back in the day, which means he is the serial killer's son, okay? That's it, that's it. We're in minute 20. This man is not normal enough to not be the child of a serial killer. When I saw him come up to her in the bar, I was like, that's the baby. That's the baby grown up. (laughs) Really? Yes. Like, it's just, it it fits together so perfectly. You know, like, once we have a baby that we don't see who's the who's the child of a serial killer, it's like, well, they're coming back. But, okay, wait, wait, can we, I'm sorry, I hate, I have to do the math on this, right? So this happened when she was 25. I mean, when she was 15, Kyle's 25. So she's 40. You're telling me she 40 mm-hmm. with an 18-year-old mm-hmm. and a doctorate. Uh-huh. I just don't, see, they be trying to do that math a little too. It's like, 
what is it about TV and movies where they never want women to actually be adults? Like, not just Lifetime. It's always just like a mom of a 20-year-old is 35. You know what I mean? Like, I get auditions for moms of adults, and I'm like, wow, okay, I need to make some adjustments. Remember when we interviewed Lindsay Hartley? And she does have a daughter who's going to college, I think. (laughs) And I was truly floored. Like I was like, "Oh, yes. I gotta, I gotta get off and like moisturize right now." Like <laughs> I'm never, I'm never auditioning for anything ever again. I should be playing a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that night Maggie is at her house. She hears sounds and is freaked out because so many different factors. And then she goes downstairs, and her, and her husband's there. Please, what are you doing here? Thank you. And he's like, "I had to get something from the garage." No, you don't live here, Richard. You need to make a call. You need to ask. And quite frankly, I will get it out of the garage and put it on the lawn for you. Okay? You don't be coming up in here in the dead of night. Right. Come when the sun is out. Like, that is I something. Mean. And and I and I mean this for Richard and for all men across the world. You don't need to talk to women when the sun is down. When the sun is down, <laughs> your lips need to be closed. Stop talking to us. And it, the sun goes down at 4 p.m. now. And let's say maybe 3 p.m. cut off just to be safe. <laughs> It drives me insane. Okay, Megan, that is that is in our book, okay? That's in the Lifetime book, okay? Which is, when the sun is down, your mouth needs to be closed. Yes. Men should not be talking to women when the sun is down. That's a fact. Talk That's to fact. other men. That's on life. Absolutely. Okay, so in the morning, we meet Maggie's daughter, Jenny. And Jenny is the biggest bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, unreal. Unreal. We've seen Jenny before. Before this moment. That's true. But this is, we've seen Jenny before, but the whole point, because I don't even want to say, the whole point is Jenny's a bitch. Okay. The whole movie, Jenny is the most disrespectful. I said, she had a black mama, they would have whooped her ass by now. Because she does not respect this woman who, he's, she's basically blaming her, she's blaming her mom on the fact that dad is gone. And now remember, it's because Maggie's out here trying to leave respect for her her child's father. It's like not saying, so your father slept with a student and that's why he's out in these streets. But Jenny does not have any respect for her mother. Like, it's savage. And it's like, well, maybe then Maggie was a teen mom. Because I need it to make sense how rude she is. Even if you're like, maybe mom did something nefarious. Like, even if Jenny is going to, like, worst case scenario on her mother, it's like, you still don't. I don't know. I, I know. just feel like woman to woman. You're <laughs> like, I bet, my, I bet dad did something trash. You know, like, you just kind of, like, know in your gut. Okay. So speaking of trash, inside of their car is a dead possum. Yeah. Yes. Not just in the car, right? But they, so, because Jenny is a student at the same college where Maggie teaches. So she's driving them to school. And when Maggie gets in the car, there's blood on the steering wheel. Like she hooks her hands up from the steering wheel and is like, what the hell? And they get in the car and it stinks and they turn the back and there's a dead possum. And Maggie's immediately like, okay, this is Sarah Ellett, Richard's fling. Because yeah. this woman's been bother- harassing me, stalking me, showing up, and Maggie's not having it. She walks up to this girl on campus, and I could not get over how cocky this blonde woman was. I couldn't get over it. When I saw you out the other night, it was obvious that you've moved on. Back on the dating scene, what I do and who I see is none of your business, but putting a dead animal in my car, that's sick. <laughs> and it's criminal. Dead animal? That's ridiculous. I'm not playing games. Stay the hell away from my family. Does the rest of your family feel the same way? And by the way, I'm pretty sure threatening a student is grounds for dismissal. 
I think luring and seducing someone's husband away really puts a pep in your step. But see, I just don't think you seduced him away. He wanted to be seduced. She's just like a hot young blonde girl. She could be getting whatever. She's probably trying to smash everybody she meet. It's Richard's weak ass who was like, I am going to get with you. And it's like, she literally is like, you know, stay away from my family. And she's just like, are you threatening me? Like, I'm a student. Yeah, it's like, I am. You out I here sleeping with you. my husband. And then I just feel like this campus is crazy. Because I said, they're in a full-on Young and the Restless situation. And neither yes. one of them has been fired. Make it make sense. Maggie then goes to class. She's doing a lecture on Ted Bundy. The lights come up. And then creepy-ass Kyle. I'm talking head tilted down. Eyes as menacing as they could ever be. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Uh, wait, is it you that has the joke about how Ted Bundy isn't actually hot? Well, it's something I've said, but I don't have a bit on yeah. it. But yeah. Because when they're showing it, it's I like, know. I don't know what was going on in the 70s, but he's not doing it for me. Well, honey, that's a big part of the 70s. You know, that cult life, that free love. I think the whole point of free love was so that busted people could get some. And so it's just like a time when people were, it was like, you are not hot. And maybe what it is, is like for serial killers, he is hot. Because it's like for regular man, he's not. I think what it is is that it's less hot and more he looks upstanding, right? Like, he yeah, doesn't I, look like he could be crazy. But then it's funny because any picture you see of him now, it's like, it's obvious that man has no soul. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay, so Maggie goes to her office. Kyle is already there, office hours. <laughs> and she, is, you know, she is adamant. Like, she is like... You never speak to me again. Yeah. <laughs> never speak of what happened. And I think you're insane and I don't want you in my class, basically. And he lets on that he knows a lot about her. Give a listen to this. Oh, I see. So that's what you're afraid of. I'm like Sarah Ellett. What? <laughs> I mean, Sarah tells anyone who will listen about her affair with your husband. But you knew that, right? That's why you cornered her on campus today. Heard about that too. We sorority girls talk a lot. Maggie, I would never do that to you. Okay, you know what? You need to uh, withdraw from my class today. And our paths can never cross again. Do you understand? Whoa, what did I do? Today. Do you understand? Yeah, I get it. I don't love the tone, but you're under a lot of pressure right now. I know this might sound silly, but I'm a fan of yours, Maggie. I just want to be your friend. Please leave. Okay, this is like, you know what I mean? Because he says, well, if it's if, it, if it's all over campus, like he says, then why hasn't Richard been talked to? So it's like, it can't really be all over campus, but we don't know that, right? And then this is the fact where it's like, he was never suave. So again, he was creepy from the beginning, and he's immediately like turning the screws, manipulating her. It's real pool boy nightmare. Of course. Where it's like, oh, I had sex with you in the weakest moment of my life, and now you think we're engaged. Well, it's also, here's the thing, and this is why you know it's more nefarious, and this is what I wonder, it's like, he lied to her. The problem is she's in, he's in her class. But again, if class just started, because, right, we see an opening scene where she's introducing herself to her students. Do you go to your boss and go, this kid came on to me at a bar. He said he was 25. I did not recognize him from my lecture class. Because that's the problem. He literally manipulated her into it. If he had just said, I'm your student, she would have been like, nice to meet you. Bye. So he tricked her into making this mistake. Yeah, I think you don't 
I mean, you. the <laughs> r- correct response is, yes, you should go to your boss. You know, the cover-up's always worse than the crime. But I think her her instinct to not go to the boss is probably like, he seems so unhinged. He's going to Mark Wahlberg fear himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. be like, look, she she cut my face. And then, then her and Richard are both fired. Right. And it's like, you think Jenny's a bitch now? Wait till they don't have a house to live in. <laughs> well, speaking of Richard, I got very upset because Maggie comes home. And Richard is in the house with daughter Jenny, who's obsessed with him. And it's like, babe, you're 19. I need you to get over this whole daddy's girl nonsense. But I immediately get so mad because I'm like, none of the men in her life respect boundaries. You don't live here, Richard. You can't be sitting here chilling when I come in the house. Didn't we just have this conversation, Richard? Like, he's like, I came during the day. Okay, so he's there to defend the honor of his mistress, Sarah. (laughs) And he's like, she didn't put the dead possum in your car. (laughs) But then Maggie's like, listen, other students know about your affair. And and she's like, you need to tell (laughs) Sarah to shut her little slut mouth. (laughs) Right, right. There's also this very brief mention that a psycho has been sending Maggie letters. And, like, I think we both clocked it, and it's like, is it Kyle? But we don't know who it is. Right. Well, because in the very beginning, in the beginning of the movie, we see her put a letter in a large box of identical letters. Then Jenny's like, your psycho sent a letter, right? So we see it twice. We're like, okay, she got a whole collection of of letters, and they keep coming. God, just so brutal. Okay, so Richard texts Sarah, and it's like, we need to talk now. Cut to a redheaded female detective who is giving British crime yes. vibes. Yes, yes, yes. Were you getting that? Like, I was like, oh, she is. What are all the British? I've seen all the British crime shows, and that is where she has come from. You have? I didn't know that about you, Megan. Well, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them. Like, I love The Fall. Mm-hmm. I know that's that's mm-hmm. technically mm-hmm. not British. It's in Belfast, and Northern Nor- Iron, you know, is part of the UK. <laughs> we can, I don't know if we need to get into the geography <laughs> of that. So the detective is at a crime scene. They have discovered a dead body and it is Sarah Ellett, blonde mistress, and she is hogtied the same way that the East Bay butcher used to bound his victims. Y'all. And the thing is, you knew something was coming because when Richard was texting Sarah that night, she's at the club with her friends doing shots. And when they leave the club, you see like a gloved hand pull her out yep. of the frame, right? Honey, I live yeah. for a gloved hand. You know people are just walking these streets in all black. No one's noticing gloved hands pulling people left and right. I don't understand the businesses and the zoning of this college town. <laughs> How do we have nightclubs and biker bars? Can't we just have like a normal bar? I don't <laughs> get it. It's like, it's either it's either one or the other. Like, uh, do you think Alyssa in her sequence thought they were going to the club and then Maggie was like, I don't want to do bottle service. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, the problem is I think it was Alyssa's idea and it was Alyssa's whole plan to get with that old open micer. Uh, I think she was like, I yeah, want to get back okay. with him. How do I make it happen <laughs> casually? Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So after that, we see Jenny, Maggie and Richard's daughter, who's a real B word really disrespectful she's walking on campus when a guy bumps into her you know there's like a meet cute she drops her things and who is the guy but kyle he's being all sweet and he's like oh i'm lost i'm new here i don't know and jenny like smiles she immediately thinks he's cute honey i screamed i screamed i said he coming after the daughter and you know i hate this i hate when murderers do a mother-daughter combo and at which point i gotta take a break i gotta take a break because it's too sick okay we got I got I got to just take a breath and a break. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, we're back. I'm still mad. Okay, Kyle is now after, he slept with the mama. He getting with the daughter. You know, I can't. No, it's, again, cool boy nightmare. Okay, so redheaded detective, she is now on campus. She is questioning Sarah's friends, but she hasn't told them she's dead yet. She's just like, what's Sarah up to? And then, she's like, is she seeing anyone? Like, it seems like she's just trying to gossip, right. basically. And then they, they, the friends kind of hesitate. They're Kappas. I did clock that. <laughs> Wait, you, what, what, how did you know they were Kappas? Because when they were at the club, they were like, Kappas! <laughs> when they were like, cheersing the shots. And I was like, of course. <laughs> so... They, the friends kind of hesitate. And then the detective's like, listen, Sarah's dead, so you need to tell me what's up. And they're all like, ah, what? And so they're like, she was seeing a professor named Richard. Right. So redheaded detective goes to question Richard. And Kyle is once again lurking around Maggie's office. <laughs> right. And I'll tell you this. This detective, she, uh, there was a guy, and I forget the name. I forget my titles, but it's the one where Clea Duvall tries to take someone's baby. And there's a oh, detective right. who, like, immediately has an attitude. Like, redheaded. Her name is Detective Girardi, and she just, like, yeah. she comes out just like, everybody guilty. Everybody guilty. Like, she ain't got no comments. She just got all attitude. She comes out guns blazing, where it's like, could you calm down? So she immediately questions Richard, which does make sense. But then she's like, I want to talk to you too, Maggie. And sh- she's like, She's like, you know, you're, you know, you're the scorned wife. You have a reason to kill her too. It's textbook. And then Maggie says my favorite thing, which is she goes, yeah, I wrote the book. And I said, yes, Maggie, so sassy. Wow. So I, one of the little like personality traits that they give this detective is that she's also clearly going through something because they have her (laughs) listening to like meditation in her car. And so when she was like looking over the dead body that they found, she was like, I am at peace. (laughs) I am valuable. And I did think that was funny. But then they never closed the loop on that for me. I like wanted it to be a little, because considering she was trying to be so calm, the fact that she was so mean constantly, it was like, well, babe, the tapes aren't working. (laughs) You're not, 
improving yourself at all. So Naomi, this is very unprofessional of me, but I am hungry. And so I was going to place a lunch order while we were recording this. So I texted CJ to see if he wanted anything. And instead of saying, I'm going to order Mendocino Farms, I texted, I'm going to murder Mendocino Farms. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's right. That's right. Because you're working. Because you're working. Yeah. Did you put your order in yet? No. All right. You got to put your order in. I know. I got to get get my impossible taco salad. Interesting. Okay. Well, while you're doing that, I need to talk some more about this movie and how it's made me angry. Okay. (laughs) So now... After being questioned, both Richard and Maggie separate, Maggie gets home. Richard's, this time, he on the back porch. He was like, I didn't go inside. It's like, Richard, you you ain't got a friend. You ain't got nowhere. Why don't you go to the couple's therapist you were hanging out with and probably sleeping with? That's such a man thing to do. Such a man thing to do. I'm outside. It's like, this is the property, Richard. (laughs) And they get into an argument, you know, where he's like, Maggie... I'm a suspect in a murder case. Want a drink? That detective, she thinks I did it. Did you? Are you serious? And and I just loved it. Because again, this is why we like Lindsay Hartley. Because she asked a normal, normal person where she's like, you think I murdered someone? And she's like, you could have killed her. I don't know you. I never thought you would sleep with a student. So yep. quite frankly, all bets are off. And I said, you right. Yep. You right up in here, Maggie. You said, honey, I, I don't know you anymore anyway. So you could be out here murdering too. I mean, and there's nothing more classic than like man having affair with young woman who winds up dead. It's like, unfortunately, Richard, that doesn't look good for you. And you kind of should have thought of that. Well, especially again, not just sleep with somebody. We know Sarah Ellen is aggressive, right? Like she already out here stalking Maggie, calling her in the night. Like, it's not like you just hooked up with somebody who was like a puppy dog. Sarah was a liability. So it's like most definitely, especially if you call yourself trying to get back with your wife. So here's, a, here's the thing, though. Richard, you don't make no sense. because So after he on the back porch, we then see him at the biker bar. Yep. Okay? And he is just sitting there by himself with a drink. Getting wasted. And Kyle saunters up to him, honey. Kyle is cocky. And this is, again, my thing with him. It's like, I don't even know how you've gotten away with murders because you are you don't hide it. Like, you don't hide your ill intention. You don't hide your weirdness. I don't know how you ain't the first person the cops are calling in because you are so obvious in your danger. I also don't know how he's able to be everywhere. Like, it's like, <laughs> are, you're, uh, you must be failing your classes because he just, like, pops up everywhere at any given moment i think he must be he must be tracking he's not a real student he's not a real student gotcha well and also his hotel room that we saw i believe it to be two stories yes it is is yes it is he's a suite is this home alone too what (laughs) what marriott courtyard has a two-story suite it is so funny. Oh, I need God. to know what Kyle's income is coming from. That's my other question. Because yeah. um, Kyle's not one who can hold down a job because he's got a lot of stalking to do. So, I mean, unless he's in crypto, I said, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. But look, Kyle saunters up to Richard. And listen to audience. I'll take a beer and whatever my friend here is drinking. No. Um, I'm good. Get him one. You look like you could use another. Thanks. Guess you're upset about Sarah, huh? It was a shock to everyone. I mean, who would kill such a sweet girl like her? Wait, I've, uh... I've seen you before. Yesterday. 
yesterday in the hall with my wife. Mags and I are really close. I was there for her after you ran off with Sarah. What did you just say? I mean, why would you do that? You have this amazing woman, and you leave her for Sarah? There's a child. What? She was a child. Who are you? I'm the man who's gonna take your wife from you. Okay, so obviously after that, Richard immediately starts punching Kyle, which does not look good for Richard considering he's already a murder suspect. And at which point I just felt like, Richard, you're a professor mm -hmm. at a college where you were sleeping with a student, uh -huh. now that student dead. Uh -huh. If you want to have a drink, you need to drive two towns away. Yeah. You need to go. You yeah. need to go. You can't be drinking close to the, the biker bar where everybody hang out. You need to go somewhere else. Yeah, I, I'm truly shocked he still has a job at this point. Like, Richard, punch yourself in the face. <laughs> like, that, would be, <laughs> that would be a better use of your energy. Okay, my taco salad is in. I'm back. Oh, good. Okay, perfect. Okay, focus. Yeah, so Kyle smiling through bloody teeth, terrifying me. Okay, yes. So Kyle, of course, Mark Wahlberg fear level. It's like, yes, I do want to press charges. So next day, Maggie goes to Kyle, his two-story suite, and mm -hmm. asks him to drop the charges against her husband. And I'm like, Maggie, I don't think you need to be doing this. Right. And he's like, okay, I'll do something for you if you do something for me. And it's like, you already got to have sex with this Ugh. woman. That's the best thing that could have ever happened to you. Why don't you cut your losses? <laughs> so he tells Maggie he wants her to tell him everything about the butcher. And if she does, he'll drop the charges. And then he's like, okay. And then I want one more thing, a kiss. And it's like a really, like, she tries to give him just like a, like, I don't want to do this. And then he like grabs her, gives a more intense kiss and takes a very obvious selfie. I can't. I mean, I really, really can't. Because basically he's like, I want to know everything. But what he, he keeps, like, he's asking the same question. He's like, how did you get away? How did you get away? Because he, he, he needs, he can't. And it's like, Okay, you're obviously the psycho child of the serial killer. This is too much. I'm like, Maggie, girl, you need to put two and two together. At some point, it just feels like it's like, Maggie, get a lawyer, do something. Like, I just feel like she needed to get something. She talking to Kyle too much one-on-one. -on -one. Right. Because you know Kyle unhinged. Don't go to his two-story Marriott by yourself. Right. Because You it's don't like, do it. You don't go by yourself. At least take Alyssa. At least take your attorney. Do something. A murder suspect just beat him up. So it's like, they may have cops watching the the entrance of this town suite Hilton. You don't know. <laughs> okay, so then Kyle calls the cops, of course. That is, that's his favorite. Yeah. Those are his only friends, yeah. the cops. He loves it. From a burner phone. Yeah, for being a psycho, he really loves the cops. <laughs> and he's like, I know who killed Sarah Ellen. So mm -hmm. next day, redheaded cop back on campus. Who And Richard there and, and and he's not there cleaning off out his office so i'm confused and she says they have a search warrant they start searching the car while it's in the parking lot at the campus and they yeah. find lo and behold the murder weapon and the duct tape that was used to restrain and kill sarah yeah Oof. not good Ooh, so he's arrested well not looking good for you richie rich no. no it ain't no it ain't and so you know they're richard's you know put in the back of a police car he's sent off and but then the Detective Girardi's still there. And Maggie's like talking to her and it's just like poking holes in the theory because she's like, isn't it convenient this happened? Right. Isn't it wild that somebody told you this? And then she's like, she mentions Kyle and his obsession with the East Bay Butcher and the fact that he's also obsessed with Maggie. She's So I will say this, considering Richard has done her dirty in every phase of the process, 
Maggie is trying to help her husband. She's like, I know he couldn't kill. And she was even like, he couldn't tie a knot to save his life. I know. That was so funny. <laughs> like, is she, because remember when she was like, he may have done it. I don't know what epiphany gave her that it wasn't him. But she is like, listen, he's too incompetent to do this. <laughs> like, that ends up being what it kind of is. She's like, he doesn't know how to tie that kind of knot. They call it like a handcuff knot. Which I'm like, oh, I wonder if the East Bay Butcher was a cop, you know, because that's how the Golden State Killer had been a cop. But it's also like hogtie. It's like what you do with animals, which is like, because you're basically like, I need to stop them from moving in any way. And it's just sort of like, I do think it's true. Richard is pretty dumb, right? We've established that he's hot and simple. Yeah. And I think that, you know, but at the same time, again, the last thing that was in Sarah's phone is like Richard being like, I have to see you now. Yeah. And then her being like, meet up later. And then it's like her dead at the side of the road. And you're just like, honey, it was all set up wrong. Okay. So Richard is arrested. And of course, terrible daughter Jenny blames her mom. How are you so calm right now? Hey, I know you're upset. Upset? Dad's in jail for murder. I'm a lot more than upset and you don't even care. Jenny. Congratulations, mom. You got what you wanted. Dad's gone and he's probably never coming back. This isn't what I want. I'm just trying to deal with the situation. The survivor. Control freak until the end. What? This is why there's like, Jenny, you're not 12. Like she's being, she's she has this one-sided thinking. You haven't heard the rumors now? You don't know that your dad cheated with the dead girl? Cause like she saw that and then she like didn't believe it. Cause like when she walked into her parents fighting, finally Maggie tells her what happened and she's like, I don't believe you. Okay. And it's like, well, okay. Yeah, it's like, okay. Like, it's funny when it's somebody's personality is just like, I don't like you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Jenny doesn't have layers or levels. And at 19, your parents divorcing. It's like, babe, grow up. <laughs> grow up. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, whatever seeds that Maggie planted with Detective Girardi must have worked to some extent because Detective mm -hmm, shows mm -hmm. up at Kyle's hotel and she starts questioning him and she asked for his alibi. He avoids answering it. And then she's like, can I use your bathroom? And I'm sure you have three of them in this two-story suite. And as she's going to the bathroom, which was really just an, like a way to snoop around, she sees that he has burner phones and mm -hmm. a shrine to Maggie. And so she's about to draw her gun. And then Kyle comes up from behind and tases her. Y'all, y'all. Girardi wakes up. It's night. She's hogtied in Kyle's hotel room. He has a knife and he's like, basically, I'm going to enjoy doing this. We cut away, but we hear her scream. So he's now killed a cop. He's now killed a cop. And that's when I wonder, is anyone going to go look for Girardi? This is what I mean. Like, first of all, this is why cops travel in pairs. Okay. And it's also like, once she's missing, once Girardi's missing, we got to put an APB out, okay? Her last known destination was Kyle's house. Yeah. And now we ain't seen her again? Come on now. Ugh. Kyle, so I mean, Kyle, you so obviously crazy. I don't know how you've even made it to the age of 25 without being in jail. So, um, uh, bitchy daughter Jenny is at home alone, which is kind of hilarious that her mom would leave her alone, given everything that's going on. <laughs> like, she's like, you're being such a brat. You know what? If you get killed, that's on you. So... <laughs> Jenny starts hearing noises, of course, and sure. is spooked someone's trying to break in. She calls Maggie. Maggie doesn't have her phone on her. It's like, Maggie, we gotta, you gotta know where your daughter is. I know that she sucks, but like, because she's at Alyssa's and they're like doing detective work. And it's like, Alyssa right. couldn't have come to your house? I don't understand. <laughs> and then 
Jenny's like, oh, phew, Kyle's at the front door. So, like, that's what the noises are. But she loves him. And he is Ugh. looking so creepy. But she <laughs> answers the door and they kiss. Ugh. Gross. Gross. I can't take it. I really can't. So while that sick thing is happening, Alyssa and Maggie are doing their own detective work. And Maggie finally gets Jenny's voicemail. She races home and finds her with Kyle. Not good. Mm -hmm. So she did not know up until this point that Kyle had found Jenny and was, you know, doing this charade of like, I like you. So Mm -hmm. Maggie tells him to get out. And Jenny is like, I'm going to do that. And so then the two of them go outside, just Kyle and Maggie. She tells him to leave her alone or she's going to the police. It's like, babe, you're too late for that. I know. Too late for that, Mags. Okay. He basically is like, you don't want to go to the police again because I just killed the police. And he he threatens to F up her entire life because he wants to show that he's better than Colton, the East Bay butcher. So then Maggie goes back in. Jenny makes this about her. And it's like, okay, fine, Jenny. Data killer. Data serial killer, then. Yeah, it's like, honestly, like, you deserve. You deserve each other, quite frankly, because you're both two bratty children who make their your parents' mistakes all about you. I'll tell you that right now, okay? Because you've obviously got child of serial killer being all like, I'm better than my daddy. And then Jenny's all like, I hate my mommy. And I'm like, honestly, you two go off into the sunset. Right. Both cry. Okay, so Maggie gets a letter. I think it's from the East Bay killer. I think that's the the quote-unquote psycho that's been sending her letters. And in the letter, it's a handwritten letter. In the letter, there's also a printed picture of her and Kyle (laughs) kissing. Who went to Kinko's? (laughs) Who went to Kinko's? Are you allowed to print pictures in jail? (laughs) Well, you know what? We do always see them crafting. (laughs) So I thought he was like, hey, this is my son and his new girlfriend. Can you print this out for me? So Maggie goes to visit the East Bay Butcher. His name is Colton, by the way, which I was like, okay, you're a teen star. (laughs) She goes to visit him in prison. I would love to know how close this prison is to where she lives, you know, because prisons in general are usually very far away. They, especially those kind of prisons, meaning for, you know, lifers and stuff. So, you know, this is a trip. Maggie's taking a real journey because I would also like to think she doesn't live in the same town where she was almost killed. Okay, I'd like to think she moved by in the last 25 years. But you know that that's that that needs to go in uh lifetime bingo too where it's like, "Oh, the worst thing that ever happened to me? Yeah, I'll stay here. I'll move right next door." <laughs> Absolutely. She's like, "Yeah, I bought the farm. I thought the property was really beautiful when I was escaping." <laughs> and she goes to visit Colton in prison and he's like, he's saying, yeah, basically, he's like, I don't want to hurt you. You know, you made me famous. <laughs> I said, if that's not America in a nutshell. I know. I was laughing out loud. He's like, Maggie, I love you. <laughs> like, you're the best. <laughs> I'm on Inside Edition now. It was so, uh, it was so give me my 15 minutes of fame. And so then listen to this little tidbit from the butcher himself. So why is he doing this? A son often struggles with his father's legacy. What? My wife changed their names, moved across the country for obvious reasons. Being my son comes with social consequences. Kyle is your son? I suppose in some deranged way he wants to win my favor. But I'm not interested in a younger, weaker, less interesting person copying my art. Homage or not. He's just a run-of-the-mill copycat killer. 
What does he want from me? He wants to hurt you to hurt me. Okay. Okay, and now Colton wants Maggie to defeat Kyle. Yep. Can you imagine? Can you imagine sending your victim after your son? I said, Colton, you ain't never quit. He been in prison 25 years and he ain't never quit. <laughs> well, and the and and it's so interesting that like they're not Kyle's not doing it at, like to honor his dad's memory. They're do they're he's doing it out of competition. And right, Colton right. feels competitive with his son. Like it's like you guys <laughs> are sick. Okay. So now Jenny is at Kyle's hotel. Not good. Mm-mm, he mm-mm. says that his dad wasn't around and that his mom committed suicide when he was 12. And then this story convinces Jenny to have sex. <laughs> I mean, look, I've told you they're perfect for each other. I've told you they're perfect for each other. It's very crazy beautiful, you know, this whole relationship. Luckily, though. Maggie shows up and she's like, okay, Kyle, you win. I'll answer every question you have. You know, meet me at my house tomorrow. She says she's left out an important detail. And what Kyle kicks Jenny to the curb. Tosses her out like trash. Like, kicks her out the door, throws her shirt at her. Ugh. <laughs> oh, God. And then Maggie tells Jenny about her history with Kyle, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How does that feel? How does that feel? And Jenny's like, Ugh. and then she's like, <laughs> worse. It may not even be worse to you, but Kyle killed Sarah. <laughs> right. But that's your boyfriend that you needed. Yeah. And I don't think Jenny like fully believes it though, right? No, I'm sure not. I'm sure she's like, you don't know him like I do. Exactly. She's like, you didn't get with him. It's like, oh God. And so Maggie goes home. We see them back home and she's like getting ready for this, you know, showdown basically yep. conversation with Kyle she's putting weapons around the house she put a ca- she put cameras up it feels like home alone this is <laughs> it's the home alone montage of Kevin like setting up all the Getting baby ready. traps yeah. like it's yeah. it's sex lies and murders version of that <laughs> and part of the montage is her dropping Jenny off at Alyssa so she's like away from the house and Jenny's nice yeah. for like a split second okay so the night of the showdown is here and Maggie is dressed like very sexy. She has on a leather oh, yeah. skirt and like a zipper, a red zipper shirt. Low cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She says, I am going to, I'm going to confuse this man. I'm yes. going to blind him with boobies. So she starts kind of trying to seduce him, but he sees right through it and he like grabs yeah. her and starts hurting her. And then she tells him that she knows that he is Colton's son. Thank God. I said, honestly, for someone who, again, wrote the book on this whole experience and continues to get letters from this man, you should have put it together sooner. She should have. Yeah, the time she, alone. You knew who Kyle was. The timing alone, right? Kyle openly saying he was 25 was stupid, too. I know. <laughs> I know. And she says the one detail she left out of the book was Kyle, the baby, and his mother. Because mm-hmm. it was a phone call about the baby that gave her the opportunity to escape. We see that opening scene again, but this time we see we see a continuation so that when Maggie's running out, we see Colton's mom, aka serial killer's boo, holding baby Kyle, being like, what have you done? You yeah. know? Uh. And Kyle starts to monologue. You know, we learn that he, honey, he's been out here. He's been a killer since day one. So he killed the he killed the family dog, which, you know, I can't take. I know, which prompted the mom to know, like, oh, you are your father. You are a sociopath. Yeah. You are a killer. And so when he killed their dog, she went into her room and did kill herself. She did take her own life. I was, I, I was convinced Kyle probably killed her. 
But <laughs> Me too. it really, uh, oh my God, that mom. Well, because the thing is, I think the fear is if you escape, if you get away, but you're still on the property, that like the wife may be like, huh? Or not care. It's, or be yeah. in cahoots. Yeah. Or, right. or be told something. But it, it seems like this wife was like, oh, this is bad. Right, right, right. Oh, no. she literally, Which is refreshing. Well, she mo- moved him away, said, we're starting a new life. We're yeah. never speaking of it. You know what I mean? But Kyle can't escape it. And, you know, he's monologuing, honey. He's getting into it. He's giving us all the tea. And remember, this is all being recorded, all being filmed. Listen to this. I've gone to the prison, written letters. He's never accepted me. I didn't know until just now why he's always hated me. Why is that? Because of me. He escaped and he was gone. Crying baby that he would never forgive. Thank you, Maggie. Thank you for telling me that. Can you answer something for me? How did you get that detective to believe that Richard killed Sarah? What are you doing? Shh. This is it. You think I can't outsmart some local cops and your idiot husband? Richard is not an idiot. What is this? Why is she here with Jenny, me? I love you, but shut up and listen. Yet he's in jail right now because of you. I saw your argument. I followed him to the bar. He was weak. So you picked a fight with him. By the time the cops took him in, the bar was empty. I popped his trunk, left the knife, called it in the next day. Okay, so we learned not only how he is just like, Papa, can you hear me? But also how he framed Richard. That's why I was like, so we got all the info. Okay, he out here just dropping stuff in people's cars. Nobody noticed. And and also, as this is happening, Alyssa is watching with Jenny. So now Jenny can actually see for herself. They're streaming this it. Rude. It's like, this is on Twitch, <laughs> and they're watching, and it's so funny because Jenny's like talking, and Alyssa's like, shut up. <laughs> She's like, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, she goes, she goes, Jenny, I love you, but can you shut up? And it's like, yes, <laughs> thank you. Finally. But do you see? That's why she needed a black mama. Yeah. If she had had a black mama, she would have never been out like this in the first place. And I, and I bet Alyssa has wanted to yell at Jenny her whole life and been like, <laughs> and Maggie won't be my friend. And it's like, finally, she got to yell at this dummy. Okay, so unfortunately, Kyle notices the teddy bear that the camera is in. And he takes mm-hmm. it off the shelf and he rips the head off. But Alyssa has had time to call the police. However, she is on hold, yes. which is the biggest LOL in the world. So real. She's literally calling cops and she's like, I'm on hold. That is real. That is real. So then Maggie starts taunting Kyle. You know, these Lifetime Queens, they always have some sort of angle. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm with you. We will run away together. In this one, (laughs) she's taunting him. She's telling him he's a loser. And then she pulls a knife and stabs him in the stomach as he comes towards her. But then he pulls out the knife and grabs the shotgun that she home alone. He's Michael Myers. He's Michael Myers. Okay. Because he pulls a knife out of his gut. And you know... You know, the gut, you bleed out quick when you're when your gut either shot or stabbed. Where I said, okay, he not only does he grab a shotgun, he runs after her, shoots at her, she runs to a campus building, in which case I was like, okay, this mansion is right next to the school. Again, yeah. Megan, question about the zoning. Yeah. What is this space? But were you proud of her that she ran out of the house? Lindsay Hartley, baby. Mm-hmm. She knew to run out, not up. Yes. 
She knew to run out. So she is running for her life in a leather skirt. I know. No less. I know. I bet she's like, damn it, I wish I hadn't dressed sexy now. But also through a field. Uh, through you know a what I mean? Like, I'm like, she's 15 uh, years old all over again. I know. It's like, it's terrible. I was like, this girl cannot get a break in this life. She gets to the school building. She uses her keys to get in. But then Kyle gets in right after her. So she's running through the building. In the back of the house, the cops get there late and they're completely useless. They're useless. They're like, she's gone. And it's yes. like, okay, you are not telling us anything. Yes. So then we see Maggie pulls a fire alarm. Jenny hears it and is like, that's mom. I know it is. So the like the house is that close to campus that she can hear a fire alarm going off. But also it's like, oh, suddenly, Jenny, you know your mother. You ain't give a crap about her this whole dang movie. And suddenly you hear a fire alarm. And go, it's mom. I know it. I go, honey, I, as far as I'm concerned, you don't even like her. So I don't know how you know what she is doing. So Kyle catches Maggie. He catches up with her. He like tackles her down to the ground. They're outside. And Maggie manages to stab Kyle this time to death. Just as Alyssa, Jenny, and the cop pull up. And it's like, yet again, Maggie has saved herself. Mm -hmm. Maggie is literally the only person she could trust in this life. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, Maggie is saving her own life time and time again. And and annihilating a whole branch of a family tree. You know, she's got the dad in prison. She's got the son dead. So it's like, hopefully, the East Bay butcher lineage is finally laid to rest. Well, we can hope. Because then after that, we see Jenny and Maggie... They're now outside of the police station slash jail where Richard's been released. Richard's finally been released. So, and then it's like a hug-ish. Like, Jenny, of course, hugs her dad. She's obsessed. Of course. But then Maggie kind of walks up, but I'm like, don't get back with him. Like, literally, even if all this happened, yeah. it doesn't change the fact that he left you for a student. Yeah. And then he, just, when you told him you needed him to go away, he would just show up in the house all the time. Like, he, you, <laughs> they better not. They better not get back together. I hope not. And I hope Jenny really comes to her senses. Because it's like, <laughs> one parent had an affair and was in jail, and one parent wasn't. And for some reason, you like the one that did all those things? Okay. Right. I, if there's a sequel, I would love it to just be 90 minutes of Alyssa yelling at Jenny. Okay. <laughs> so then we cut to prison where Colton, the OG East Bay butcher, is sitting in his cell looking at a scrapbook he made. So, you know, he is, <laughs> he is crafty. That is how he got his picture printed. And he is looking at a newspaper clipping, delighted that Maggie has killed Kyle, his son, who they're calling the East Bay Butcher copycat. The end of the motion picture. I just want to know if anyone found Detective Girardi. You know what I mean? Justice for her. Justice for Girardi, okay? She was out here trying to be zen. She ended up hogtied. And I said, if that's not a lifetime woman's journey, I don't know what it is. I know. Just trying to, trying to do your job. End up hogtied. I know. I feel bad. I feel bad. It's like, oof, you know that. You know that courtyard Marriott's got to get fumigated now. <laughs> Boy. Oh, my God. So this one was a journey. I will say it was a fun one. Love to see Lindsay Hartley. Yes. But you know what? Next week, we've got another one. we got another hit, honey. Lifetime Movie Network original mm. called Secrets in the Building. All right. Following the death of her husband, Michelle and her daughter, Nora, move into a new condo for a fresh start they quickly discover that their fresh start 
has become a new nightmare. <laughs> okay, I love I love Pondo being name dropped in the log line. Like we're <laughs> we are about to have. I wonder if it's sort of like the building people like fight within the building. What is, there's like a committee and they're like, no, you can't post that. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay, so maybe there's a board, a co-op board yes, situation. A board. Yes. Secrets in the Building is available through video on demand only on the Lifetime Movie Network. So get into it. Watch it because we're going to be getting into it, y'all. Ooh, I can't wait for Secrets in the Building. We will be Michelle and Nora. What's going on with the jacuzzi? Okay. (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for being with myself and Naomi and our third Lifetime Queen, Lindsay Hartley. We will see you next week. Bye. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out the new bomb Lifetime podcast, Crime of a Lifetime, where two amazing hosts take you beyond the headlines of a crime and they get into the nitty gritty twists and turns of the story. Mm. That's my jam. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. I Love a Lifetime movie is produced by Aisha Jordan. With sound editing and mixing by The Podglomerate. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now if you've gotten to this point. You should know that we're the host, okay? <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. Ha ha ha!